Howdy folks and welcome to another edition of 10k Radius. You have to welcome me back because I've been away for a while. This is Gavriel Gary of MGM Productions bringing you the weekly fr fun, frivolity and frippery and a few fun facts as well. Good morning Mendel, good morning Morris. Good morning, Macy. good morning, good to have you back. I was wondering who's the good looking guy sitting, uh, sitting opposite me my twin and then you said something and i knew who it was happy friday gentlemen and to all the listeners out there welcome back gaza gavriel you're first up today after a spell they say in horse language gary you should be fresh you, and you may need the run zuckman don't they morris sometimes that's it, that's it. Well, but we, we, we might get we might have to get the whip out on him <laughs> give him a few uh, good uh, clops the whip it it's not a dog race. <laughs> it's the thoroughbreds. Now, talking about thoroughbreds, Moisha, I want to just say, first, Libby, firstly, uh, we've mentioned to the listeners the passing of your late uncle, yes. Reuven, Reuven Mond, Mond also known as um, Bob. Rob. Bob. 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 Who yes. in some way was... Uh, Bob's your uncle, and he was. <laughs> a lot of pe people around Melbourne will know him as the youngest of the three Mons, with your father Oliver Sholem David in the middle. Chaim. No, David, were, my oh, David was, was the, the eldest. eldest. Yes. Apologies. Chaim was in the middle. Harry That's Mond, yes. famous rails bookmaker That's of it. yesterday. Yep. Yeah. And the youngest Oliver Sholem Gestorben. Uh, what, what Couple day? of days ago. Yeah, and was yeah. the Lavaya was, was yesterday. And it was good to catch up with the Mishpocha. Mm. Um, he had a good uh, 94 he had a good innings. Uh, well, actually, I thought it was 94, but I worked it out it was 95. Okay. So uh, there you go. Good innings and uh, stumped. Uh, Why do we always before? relate it to cricket? I don't know. Because of the magic 100 you know. ton, yes. you know, I think. 50, 100, yep. something along So in that. Israel, yep. they aim for 120 in the... In 120? The yeah. Must be a different sporting event. In England, they, uh, they don't like 111 because <coughs> it's superstitious. Chinese. Yes. Also, 87, 87 is, a, is yeah. bad because it's yeah. 13 before 100. Yeah. Chinese, 107. A lot of them live to. Chinese, 107. It adds up to eight, which is very awesome. Yes, yes. Mm. Mm. And, and what's uh, your lucky number, Mendel? Mine, either five or 13. Five or and eighteen, all those three. Why five? Five is a cabalistic number. Yes. Or fifteen. So is every know. number. <laughs> <laughs> and Maisie, what's your 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 uh, mine, superstitious mine number? Mine is seven. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely seven. Yeah, eighteen, of course. Yeah. Um, thirty-six, maybe. Thirty-six. Or if you add up your birth date. Numbers, mm. yes, 11, 10, 52, You add all those up numbers and it comes out about one or something. Right. I think. Okay. Um, yes, That's well, we're, we're, we're actually 88 FM. That's very lucky. Mm. We should have a lot of Chinese listeners. Um. Well, I doubt that we do. But <laughs> well, I can guarantee you there's a lot of Jewish listeners who like Chinese food. We've got a lot of Italian listeners on a Wednesday evening, Gary. Yeah. Do we? Why Dwayne, is that? Dwayne Zigliotto. Zigliotto. Yeah. Is, 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 you don't yeah. pronounce the G. Don't yeah. you? 
Okay. Dwayne, yes. a man of many talents who right. runs Aussie Promotions as well, has a show. Sometimes he starts 8 p.m., Gary, sometimes uh, 10 p.m. He starts at 8 and yes. five-hour program in two segments. Uh-huh. We should remind listeners that we're on again, replayed, on Tuesdays at 12 noon mm. to 2 p.m. Mm. I was listening this week. It's the first time I've actually listened to the replay, and I listened to my voice, and I thought, that's not that, me. That's not that's not a bad broadcasting voice, that guy. And I realised like, it was me. You sound like Darren Hinch. Yes. Yeah. You actually, the voice actually comes out differently on the replay to what it is as we're speaking now live mm. we had uh, a, into the speakers. We had someone download our show from Israel last week. Really? Fantastic. How he, many numbers? He obviously was bored. Didn't have anything else to do. Gary, we had a hundred. Might have been my cousin. Yeah. Um, Number wise. Oh, about ten downloads. Oh, it's dropped a bit. Oh, it's dropped down. Yeah. Dropped down. Well, Come on, listen. Dropped listeners. down even further now that I'm back. <laughs> ah, well, we'll have Speaking to see of about returns, that. Yes. we have returning to the station just briefly. Is a journalist, author, raconteur, Rod Meyer. Who will be? Uh, who's written a memoir? Well, he suddenly uh, remembered himself. He suddenly remembered what he was supposed to be doing tomorrow. <laughs> uh, probably going to Ballarat Shul. Is it Shul on? Tomorrow? Not this week, Gary. Rosh Hashanah's out. Erev Rosh Hashanah's the next service. Everybody's but, uh, out at the, on the golf fields trying to find the, the last bits of gold. Just a little bit about that guest uh, who was the original member of your Gelfinger, correct, Gary? Rod, uh, Rod and I had a program, a business-type program, mm. uh, One hour. five or six years ago at the start of J.E. when mm. it was in uh, Packington Street. That's right. East St Kilda. East St Kilda East, if you don't St Kilda East. Mm. And we did a business program, interviewed a few hot shots. Mm. Did you make any money? No, not a penny. As a matter of fact, it cost me money and parking fines. <laughs> <laughs> He's a smart guy, right. yeah, Rod Meyer. Uh, Rod's written a memoir. I don't know what it's all about. We're going to find out. And also it. he's written poems and... Uh, and he's an obituary writer. He yes. Wrote, he wrote the one that, that was published in The Aged, uh, published online in The Age last week on David Bardas. Mm. Also he's written... Um, a book about the late Victor Smorgan dying at, at no, the age of 96, an industrial visionary, Victor Smorgan. He wrote that in uh, oh, 2009. Uh, I think he did one about Richard Pratt as well. We'll ask him all these questions shortly. Yeah. He was born in uh, on a farm in northeast Victoria and from the age of eight grew up in Melbourne. Uh, after leaving school, he lived for a few years in northern Australia then completed an economics degree at Sydney University. He worked as a uh, speechwriter and electrical assistant. Don't give Elec- it all away. Elect- yeah. Electoral assistant for the Australian <laughs> Democrats. It's a bit of a difference between yeah. an electoral assistant and, then, and an electrician. Then the big career in journalism, as Gary mentioned. He has made radio documentaries for the ABC, Public uh, Radio News, and 3RRR, the opposition, Gary. He has also written for The Age, The Opposition, The Sunday Age, The Herald, covering energy and infrastructure. Yes, he and I used to work in the business section on The Age. Yeah, as well as writing, uh, features, profiles and 
analysis uh, pieces. His interests include history, the arts, politics, and spirituality. Well, we don't have to have him on now. <laughs> <laughs> You've told us all about him. That's let's, it. Let's There's nothing play, else to let's say. Let's play the disclaimer. Let's do that. J-Air is not responsible for the views and opinions expressed by its presenters or guests. J-Air presents a wide variety of views and opinions, which is to the benefit and purpose of community radio. Jolly good. There you go. And if you'd like to call us in the studio, can't remember the number. Here, it's on your control panel. Oh, yes. If you'd like to call us... Is the SMS working? See, that's yes, it was working. We had several SMSs the last few nine weeks. Nine zero six nine two zero eight six is the studio number. Don't call yet because we've only got one line, and it, it's taken up by um, Rod Meyer at the moment. Or if you'd like to send an SMS, it's zero four zero four double five six nine double eight. Yeah. Gary, can I wish a muzzle tov to a local girl? She's been in the news, and Morris will reflect on this. Jem- Jemima Montag. Oh, Let's yes. give her a shout out. She's, muzzle a, she's a walker. Yes, this week she um, won silver in the women's uh, 20 kilometre race walk. Quite a bit, a distant 25 seconds behind the winner in Budapest. These are taking per- place. Per- Perez. Yep. And. Um, she actually won gold uh, five years ago in the Commonwealth Games for the 20K race work. She's got a, a portfolio of achievements, um, and she ran sixth in uh, the Olympic Games last year in Japan, Gary. So she's ver- world-class. A local girl went to Wesley College, uh, Moishe. Yes. And I think she's only short, about five foot four. But yes. boy, is she a superstar. We Absolutely. wish her all the best from J-Air and 10K Radius on that magnificent achievement winning silver this week in Budapest. Yes, you know that she wears a bracelet uh, formed from a necklace that she and her two sisters were given by her late paternal grandmother, Judith, who was a Holocaust survivor. And as she's walking gives her inspiration and she keeps thinking of her grandmother and uh, it it spurs her on to um, greater and higher achievements. Great bit of news to celebrate with after we reflected on uh, Rob Mond. Let's have some good news, eh? Anything else there, Moisha? Oh, well, there's a lot of muscle tovs. what what uh, got a couple of minutes before we're, we're waiting comes for on. Rod to come on? He's he's most probably in the middle of writing his <laughs> something. I don't know what, but uh, uh, memoirs or um, his thoughts memoir, on life. Memoir two, memoir three. Well, let's just go through what today is. It's the twenty fourth of August, two thousand and twenty three. It's day two hundred and thirty seven. No, today's the twenty fifth, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, twenty oh, fifth, Gary. You're a day behind. Oh, He's well catching that up. Stuffs that up. Yeah, we played the disclaimers. So Today's the twenty fifth of August. Yeah, twenty fifth of August, and it's Chet Elul, which is eight. Eight of Elul. Eight, which which, which uh, in Kabbalah, in Kabbalah is <laughs> the metaphysical, mm, the supernatural number. Well, past the physical, beyond the physical. Mm. 
And uh, we've got 128 days left in the year. Gary, we've got three Correct. weeks to Rosh Hashunah. Rosh Hashunah. That's right. Exactly. Actually, tonight, Friday night. Three it's weeks, the first exactly. night of Rosh Hashunah. The in countdown. Three weeks. Yep. And yep. we light candles this evening at 5.35. Well, I've got 5.34, but we'll give you the extra minute. A bloody Chabad, they don't know what they're <laughs> oh, doing. Oh, Gary, be careful what you say. Uh, what about the end of Shabbos? I've got 6.33. I've got Spot that. on. Well, there we go. There you go. We're in... Uh, so if you light at uh, 5.34, you, won't, you can't be wrong. No, Close no, enough. No. You can actually light earlier than that. That's right. There's a formula yes, for can, working can, it out. You can bring it in earlier. Two and a half minutes earlier. Yep. And the past of the week, Meishi? Kitaitse. Or in my wet neck of the woods, Kisaitse. Yes, or Kisaitse, <laughs> which, which means, means when you go forth... Hour. Fourth. fourth, fourth, not so to multiply that's one more than three. Yeah. Third, when you go three. fourth, yeah. and Moses to fight fourth, to, to fight to fight a mahuma, Gary. It's to, to fight, fight a war. war. Oh. So yeah. when they say when you go fourth, fourth, it means outside of the land of Canaan. But it's or actually Israel. related to the spiritual fight against your the evil inclination, the Yitzhakara. Chara. So <laughs> Yes. Anyway, Rod's anyway, coming we'll on. Be careful. Uh, I've, got oh. to, I've got to call him. Okay. Oh, you've got so to call him. So while you're him. calling him, Gary. In other words, we've got to pay the 10 cents yes. for the call. We'll, we'll give he, a share He's not out. prepared to call in. We'll I'll call him now. We'll uh, you, you continue on. We'll give a share. All right, Don't we'll continue on. nattering in the background. Um, well, um, did you check the Aruv, um, Gary? The Gay Roof is kosher, that's good. So we can push uh, and uh, carry things in the confines of the Aruv. And um, what about the weather? Uh, today, it's 19. Be, no, it's going to be, well, I've 19. got 20, mostly yeah. sunny. Um, and I've got 22 coming up next Tuesday. But tomorrow, Shabbos is going to be 15. Well, that's not that bad. And too Sunday, bad. the same, 15. Cloudy on both days, but that's all right. Not bad for the end of yeah. winter. Yeah. Better than living in uh, near the North Pole or something mm. like that. Rod Meyer's about we're, to come on live. Right. You're listening yes. to Jay Air on 10K Radius, the weekly Friday show from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, repeated every Tuesday, yes. 12 noon till 2 p.m. So uh, it's going to be a, uh, after Rod, we're going to uh, have a lot of other things. We're going to have, uh, of course, uh, Twatum. That's the world according to Macy. Oh, no. That's me. I, I felt some music coming up. Uh, we'll have the Pasha, Rod's we'll have Mendel with Yiddish quotes, uh, Gary will give us a few jokes most probably, some music, Hoch shout man. outs, muscle tobs, some facts of the week. Um, have we got a personality of the week? We'll talk Rod, about I have. Yeah. We'll talk Stay about tuned. Bella, I've maybe. Bella and other Bella. people making the news. Um, yeah. And uh, lots of other things, but we've got Rod ready to come on, Gary. We've got Rod Meyer on the line, and he should be listening in, and he can speak any time you like. G'day, Rod. How are you going? Hello, everybody. Morning, Rod. Good morning. Lovely to talk. Have a nice morning. Like well, that. welcome back to J-Air. It's been a long time since we had a program called Geltfinger. How long ago do you reckon that, that was? Oh, that was about... God, 
time's going by. It must have been about seven years ago that I stopped. Is that all? I started to work on Fridays. We used to do it on Friday mornings. Did we go live or was it recorded? Live. It was live. I came on once, live oh, yeah. in the old studio. <laughs> yeah. You obviously you right. stopped. Several stop. old studios. Have, yeah. Okay, let's not talk over each other, no. otherwise it sounds no. like a shitty mess. That's it. Oh, I mean a mess. Okay, yeah. right, your turn. Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, no, I remember we had programs in two different studios. There was the studios in Kilda. Yes. And then there was above the chemist warehouse in Oakley. Yes. Where we had tons of room, but it sort of shrunk and shrunk and shrunk, and then we were shrunk so much we were squeezed out. We were squeezed out by Mr. Guns. Squeezed out or kicked out? JS been kicked out of a lot, a lot of locations. Squeezed out is the uh, right. You've got to learn to behave better, guy. Now, Rod, you're a journalist, writer, <laughs> author, raconteur, all-round right. all good egg. And Thank you. We've got you on to talk about your memoir. You've written a couple of books before. Um, Mendel went through your CV before you came on, so we're not going to go through all it again. Right. Because it's boring. Yeah. Not that CV, yeah. but doing it twice is boring. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you've written a couple of books, and yeah, you... I've written. Um, I've actually written six books. Six. All of them have been biographies. Yeah. I wrote. Uh, Kim and I work for the New Daily as their superannuation expert. I mm. wrote a book on superannuation, which I'm surprised you haven't read yet. No, I have no, also wrote a, also wrote a, a book of poetry, but my um, my book uh, writing started with uh, the great privilege of writing the biography of Victor Smallwood, and um, I, at that stage we were both at the age, and I was doing a lot of business profiles, and I, which I really enjoyed. And one night I was talking to a friend and I said to him, you know, look, what I'd really like to do is write Victor Smallman's biography. And um, she said, well, ring him up. And I thought, yeah, I'll do that. And then next morning I thought, that is the stupidest idea. The Smallman's are very private. The last thing they would want would be me ringing up to say, can you tell me all the stuff about your private lives and I'll put it in a book. So I forgot about it. And then... I was sitting at work a few months later and the phone rang and it was a publisher saying, would you like to write Victor Smogan's biography? I, I heard I through that. the traps you were interested. I said, oh, funny about that. I, think, I don't think I'd heard that what was, happened, what was happening was that Victor got to an age where he decided he wanted to tell his story and they went looking for people and they spoke to a couple of other uh, writers I know who... They both, they both said to me at some point, oh, you know, they did approach us, but you know, we didn't feel we were the right person sort of thing. Um, and so they eventually got to me, because probably because of the work I was doing at the age at the time. And uh, How old was, was Mr. Fit. Smorgan at the time? I think it was, he was in his mid-80s. He was... Um, was he sharp as a tack? He was sharp. Um, he wasn't the strong man that he had been in his youth. He sort of um, eased off a bit, but it was a perfect time to um, 
work with him to write because you know he was at the stage where stories in his life were important to him. If you asked him 20 years earlier, it would have been all about get your ass in the gear and get to work sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah. Rod, a question. You did also a book about the late Richard Pratt, am I correct? I did, yeah. Yeah. How did that yeah. go? Oh, it was great. That was the best-selling book I've ever done. Oh. That sold about 10,000 copies. Oh, yeah. And that was, that was a bit of a, a quickie. Um, the, after Richard died, the um, publishing house, John Wiley, approached me and said, we've got... We want to do a book on Pratt. We want to get it out by Christmas time. That was about three months before Christmas. And we've got some... Uh, James Kirby, who's a, a business journalist, also works at The Australian. He put together a book which sort of looked at his operating style. So I had various... Was, uh, and they gave me that said, turn this into a book. So I put about uh, two-thirds more... Um, copy, or you know, that that was about a third of it. That now I put two thirds together, and the um, uh, the editor worked with me very quickly and closely. We got it out in that three month time frame, and I knew Richard pretty well because I'd covered his um, areas a lot as a journalist. He was mainly in the paper and packaging industry, and also when I wrote the Smallman book, the Smallmans were in the paper business also with Pratt. So I kind of was researching them both when I was researching that book. And I was fortunate enough in about 1999 or 2000 to be, um, me and Bob Hart from Herald Sun were flown to Atlanta by the Pratt's when they were opening a new um, paper mill over there. And when they opened their paper mills, they used to have this big party and they had, it was a party like I've never been to before. Um, Ray Charles played. Um, did, did they serve the food? Did they serve the food on paper plates? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I can't remember now. But they would have been very fancy paper plates. They liked. They liked to do fancy. And um, George Senior spoke, and Muhammad Ali was there. It was a real event. Wow. So I got to know the Pratt's a bit by. Um, that experience. Fantastic. And, what's, um, it, what's it like being made a part of the family, you get all the juicy information? Well, it's interesting because you pick up things and you kind of know what you can write and what you can't. But perhaps it wasn't such an issue because there'd been all the scandals, there'd been scandals about the um, anti-competitive policy and the paper industry with Ann Corr and Dick's girlfriends and all that sort of stuff. So that was all out there. So I didn't feel constrained. And also, I wasn't working directly with the family. The family um, uh, said to me that they wouldn't talk, but they'd allow their people to talk. So I interviewed, you know, Sam Lipsky and various people who ran their um, business, their business business. And... Um, Sam ran the Jean, her children didn't want to talk because I think because of the scandals and everything that was so close at that yeah. point they could see no upside in it. And I think they thought, well, rather Rod do it than the gossip columns from the Daily Telegraph. So <laughs> uh, they cooperated a bit. Um, 
You didn't see yourself as a, 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 a fancy, a high-flying gossip columnist, did you? <laughs> there's gossip and there's gossip, I suppose, Gary. Lush and horror, Rod. Lush and horror. <laughs> Rod? Uh, it sells papers. Rod, a question for you. Um, the book brought out by hybrid publishers, The Life and Times of Bielo Bales, in brackets, Maya. Is that your current book at the moment? That went out at just under 50 bucks. It's back in stock. You must be a big seller there. must be going well. That, I'm surprised that that's at $50. That's not my current book. That was the previous book. Right. I did that... Um, Bales was a... Bales and his brother Ken ran the Meyer Emporium right. various outsiders for a long, long time. And they're sort of my half uncles or it's a complicated relationship and they're sort of like second uncles once removed or something. Um, and Bales was someone I'd known all my life but only to say hello to him. I only had a, had a conversation with him. Mm. And... Um, um, yep, Rod, there's all, all family uh, members of the Myers family were baptised, and that leads you into your current book. Am I correct in saying that? The uh, Sydney yeah, Meyer and, uh, you know, after opening the first shop in Bendigo, there's a whole story about them. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, Sydney um, famously you know, came over from Russia in 1899, started at the Meyer Emporium, and was married to a Jewish woman. Mm, she couldn't conceive, that's so right. they got divorced, and he married... Uh, a member of the Bailey family who Correct. was 19 when he was 42 and they went to um, uh, California and it was hard to get a divorce in Australia then and they got they got divorced and uh, they remarried and lo and behold Sydney turned, uh, became an Anglican Correct. and when I, was, when I was a kid I used to think he must have been Russia's only Anglican because I didn't know the full background but um, and then Sydney brought my father out from my father, my grandfather out from Russia. He was going home, Norman. Um, Norman never converted to Christianity, but he uh, he married a non-Jewish woman, and he was just not. He had a, a very difficult life as a child um, in Russia. He was badly treated following his mother's second marriage and all this sort of stuff. And I just think he wanted to get away totally from anything to do with his childhood. So. Being Jewish was not something he wanted, you know wanted to engage with at all. Um, uh, he didn't. He, he didn't convert or anything like that. I think he just wanted to get as far away as it all, from it all as he could. And um, he he ran Myers for 25 years or so after Sydney died. Sydney dropped dead in the street one day when he was about. Fifty-six, and he, he was he, when he died in nineteen thirty-four. And Rod, uh, at that right. funeral, a hundred thousand mourners lined the streets to pay their final respects. Such is yeah. uh, his was his legacy, and setting up the Sydney My Music Bowl and the, his philanthropy it was uh, extraordinary, wasn't it? He was. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he was much loved. And yeah, he was very. Um, publicly set out to be a philanthropist. That was at a time... He spent a lot of time in the US in the 20s, and what I think he did was he kind of bought that US style of philanthropy where you don't just give money to people who are hard up. You create projects that will mm. build society in some way. 
So during the Depression, he funded the building of the Kew Boulevard and various other projects like that. And he famously had a, a, um, a Christmas dinner for hard-up Melburnians in about 31 or 32. And thousands of people came along and he, um, he ran it himself with my stuff and all the waiting and everything like that. And he was much loved as a result of all that. And so when he died, they lined the streets from wherever his ceremony was to Box Hill um, Cemetery. Mm, a big deal, like Sir John Monash, 250,000. Mm, mm. uh, we'll take a short station ID of 10 right. seconds. So hang on a second, Ron. Enjoy yeah. listening to J-Air. Support us and become a member by visiting our website, j-air.com.au. And we're talking to journalist, raconteur, author, did I say journalist? Rod Meyer, who's written a memoir. And we're about to talk about, he's, he's written, what is it, six books? Rod? Yeah, six books. And this is the seventh? No, this was the sixth. The, um, after I did... Bales's memoir. Um, I'll just tell you a little story about how I got to do Bales's memoir. At that point, I was writing a lot of obituaries for the age, and I wrote an obituary of David uh, Mandy, who was very well known in the Jewish community, mm-hmm. and was uh, close to Bales, and he was um, in retail one sort or another. Um, and I got an email from Bales saying, oh, "I liked your." Seem to be fading in and out there, Rod. Keep going. We've lost Rod, but apparently. We didn't pay the Telstra bill. It's been cut. Yeah. <coughs> we'll okay. try and get him oh, back. We'll try and get him back on the phone. If not, we'll give Bait Raphael a shout-out while we've got a minute or two. Uh, don't forget their shuttle service and all the uh, hospital appointments you need to get to. 0421 408 522. And they've got accommodation if you need okay, it. Okay, hang on, I'll put you on. And Rod's back, so here we go. Hang on, Rod. Rod Meyer live on 10K Radius. Are you all hooked up now? Yeah. Oh, good. Go. You were saying? I, I was saying, um, David Mandy died. I wrote an obituary in the age for him. I got an email from Bale saying, great obituary, I'd like to write mine one day. <laughs> I replied, well, hopefully not too soon, Bale. <laughs> and then his secretary rang and he said, oh, he wants to see you. So I went over and transpired that he wanted me to write um, his memoir, a small biography. So I did that. When I finished that, it was um, just before COVID, I wanted a bit of a break from writing. And then COVID appeared and I thought, I want to do another biography. Um, but really the only person I can conceivably write about in this period is me because I couldn't get out to see anyone or do any research or whatever. Good topic. So I thought, well, perfect opportunity and it sort of gave me permission to do it. I wanted to do it in the back of my head but, you know, there are some things you don't give yourself permission to do. You think, oh, I'm not so important, you know, so I'll find something important to write about kind of thing. But um, I'd subconsciously been, been putting information together for you know all my life basically I, I was one who sat with the old people and got all their stories and 
you know, I thought it was a bit weird because everyone else wanted to play footy and I wanted to talk to Grandpa about his childhood and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I'd collected photos and recordings of this wonderful recording that my 99-year-old aunt, bless his soul, did with my great-aunt, who's long leftless. And it was all about um, the life in Russia and coming to Australia in the early days in Australia and, you know, and what did the house in Russia look like and what did your mother wear and what did you have for dinner and all that kind of thing. So, you know, a beautiful um, picture of a life that um, I hadn't experienced, obviously, um, and cuttings and all kinds of stuff. So I put together a lot of information. Also, I've got a very good memory for stories and people and anecdotes. And so I sat down in about March 2020, the year of the play, and just started to write. And it sort of came, it just kind of came out. You didn't have writer's block by the sound of it. No, I didn't have writer's block at all. At times I would have a week or two off because it was quite um, traumatic in places to write. I was dealing with difficult issues like my father eventually suicide. He was a lovely man, but he was was part of him that was a bit crushed. So... um, how many pages have you uh, written for your memory? That, just have a look here, Gary. Uh, it is it's 75,000 words, a pox, um, 231 pages. Well, that's it. And it's in hard copy? It's in hard copy, softback, hybrid publishers, $29.99. A Matsya, right? It's cheaper. Hey. It's a Matsya, a bargain. It's a Matsya. Now listen, Rod, correct me if I'm wrong, you uh, reviewed the book on uh, Talking to the Max on Wednesday's uh, Gary Max's program, correct? I did, yeah. Yeah, I had a quick listen in, and correct me if I'm wrong, you write about your conversion to Yiddishkeit, am I right? Rebirth is another word, but it's taken you a long journey. Tell us how many years and what you went through. I know you were at East Melbourne Synagogue for part of that journey. You did come to Ballarat a few times as well. Tell the listeners how how you write about it. Um, First of all, I was very close to my mother. My mother died in 1988. And uh, a year or so after she died, I decided, oh, I'm going to Europe. I've never been to Europe before. And I went to uh, France, Italy, Austria, Germany, and Poland. And I sort of rock up in Warsaw, and I thought, well, what does one do in Warsaw exactly? This is... 1991, it was just after communism. Communism wasn't even a year gone. And uh, so Warsaw was still a pretty run-down and limited place from a tourist point of view. I thought, well, I'll rock up at the Jewish Museum. So I rock up at the Jewish Museum, which in those days was was just like a three-story building at the arse end of town. No one much went there for without a reason. It wasn't like the big establishment they've got there now. And I kind of walked around and was all faded old pressures and dusty books and Torah scrolls and things. And none of it meant much to me because I hadn't been brought up Jewish and I didn't really know much about Jewish culture. Um, and I went upstairs into the attic and there were some um, uh, scholars working up there. And we were talking and spoke English. And um, I said, what are you doing? I said, I was putting together a list of 
people that we can find that were still in Poland in 1946. And um, he said, What's, what about, why don't we look for your family? My mother's family was um, still in Australia, but Leiden was, was a sort of German or Yiddish word for silk. And so it, it, they resided in Poland. And they looked up and they found miraculously, as far as I could see, there was only one person who remained residing in Poland after the war. And she was a woman who came from Krakow, which was where my mother's family came from. So, um, anyway, so I go to Krakow and walking around and having this amazing time. It's a beautiful city. And I was walking up in the alleyways and Krakow and those before the effect of communism had really ended, there was like, you couldn't get a cup of coffee. It was very hard to find something to eat. And I remember walking through all these alleyways thinking, wow, these will be, you know, wonderful areas like one of the blameways one day, but they weren't at that point. Uh, and I found this little office with the Jewish Historical Society. So I go in there and I talk to somebody and he says, I'll look, I'll, I'll walk around town. And he walks me around to the Kazanets, which is the old Jewish area of crack I've named after. In Kazanets, the third who was the man who allowed the Jews to come to Poland in the 1300s. And, um, and I got talking to him, and I told him about this woman, he said, I remember a woman by the name of Zlatan. She owned a, a, um, a bookshop, an antique bookshop in the market. It's pretty amazing. And then something about walking in the steps of my forebears made me... Uh, it was a very powerful experience. And I, I knew something had happened, but I didn't really know what. And I, I go back to Australia, and, and after a few days or weeks, I can't remember now, I literally sat bolt upright in bed early one morning and said, oh, my God, I'm Jewish. <laughs> and then the world started to make sense to me. It was like before, I'd kind of grown up in this environment where the subliminal message was, um, don't worry about asking questions about who you are. What you've got to do is go out there, do what they do, think what they think and feel what they feel. And uh, yeah, with all due respect to them, I just couldn't. But I tried and it made my life very difficult. And suddenly when I had an understanding that I was Jewish, the world started to make sense. And then I started to... It's your neshama, Rod. It's your neshama. It's my neshama, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, so I started to go to synagogue and explore various places. And the, the rabbi at Malvin Chabad Synagogue said to me, oh, look, why don't you write to the Lubavitcher Rebbe? And I said, oh, yeah, okay. I'll write to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And um, I might as well, I'm, I'm not doing anything else much. And... So I wrote to the and I said to him, look, I'm in this situation where I'm half Jewish from both sides of my family, uh, but I feel terribly Jewish, and I, um, I, I feel that like, to convert Orthodox would be too hard, um, and to convert liberal would, for me, be more of a cultural statement than a, something, a deeply spiritual connection that I needed. And he replied, which he doesn't usually do, he didn't usually do, especially he doesn't do it now. Um, he, and he said, he didn't answer my question, he said, you should check with an expert rabbi 
whether it's the fact is that you're really not Jewish. And um, and then that got me thinking, you know, there's all these stories when I was a kid, some, a relative that I... Um, family function, sort of had a few drinks and spoke out of tune and said, oh, tell this story about how her father, who was of the grandparents' generation, believed that mum was not the daughter of the Jewish man and Catholic woman that she was supposed to be the daughter of, but was in fact the daughter of um, the Jewish man's sister and her husband, who had given the child away at the time mum was born. And, you know, had that been the case, that would have made me halakhically Jewish. And so I did what I could with it. I asked questions around the family. This was starting to be a long time ago. I didn't... Uh, Sounds complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> so, so then so I went to the rabbi and, uh, and I showed them the letter from the rabbi and their eyes popped out of their head because the best women at that point were pretty much all in that and they said, oh, look, you know, normally we uh, make it difficult for people, but in your case, we'll then over backwards to help you. Um, well, that's good. So I did a little bit of study, and then I went to Israel for, I think I was in Israel for eight months, and I went to Alpan to study Hebrew. I studied Yiddish cut in various Yeshivot, and things like that, which was a, a wonderful experience. And it was also the period of... You don't want to give too much away on the radio, Rod. No one will buy the book. <laughs> What's uh, the book called? It's called Memory, Love and Its Discontents. Memory? Love and Its Discontents. And Its Discontent. It's, yeah, the idea of, you know, with love, love has all the gorgeous parts of love, but it also has pain and difficulty. Yeah. Is it available online as well? It, yeah, you can get it online. You can get it through the, um, uh, the publisher online, or you can get it in bookshops. The, the Avenue's got it. Readings about it in most of their stores. You can, if you, any bookstore, Jeffries and Mulvin have got a selling few of them. Um, so if you go to a bookshop and they haven't got it, they can get it in for you if you're yeah. interested. Have we got any plans for further books? Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure what I'll do yet, but this one still isn't out of the way because um, I'm still doing some marketing, obviously, like I'm talking to you guys, and things like that. And it doesn't feel like it's gone yet. And it was a big thing to write that story, and I just want to take it, a bit of time before I... A big Start drain on you emotionally. It is. It was a big drain emotionally. But I got a lot of support, um, particularly from my brother. It's interesting. Um, kids hear stories, but they don't hear the same stories, or they don't hear all of the stories. And there was um, there were various things that I put in the book, and I showed to my brother. I showed him a chapter at a time. And he'd say, oh, yeah, but da-da-da-da-da. And we'd sort of add something to it or make, you know, like there's a particular story. Of my father in World War II was a commando up in New Guinea. And um, <clears throat> he was wounded in the upper thigh, upper um, arm, in his bicep. And uh, 
I put that in the book, and my brother said, oh, oh, he hasn't said how he was wounded. And I said, all, all I know is wounded by a sniper. And my brother said, no, what happened was that they were going forward in the jungle, and he was a lieutenant, so he was in the lead. And they came under fire, and he hid behind a log. And when he thought the coast was clear, he put his left arm up to signal his men to come up further. And there was a sniper waiting for him, and when he put his arm up, he shot him. <laughs> and it's a wonderfully colourful story. And I, I wouldn't have had that without my brother, because, you know, he, people get told different bits of stories, and, you know, there is reasons when you're growing up. Mm-hmm. And I'd also, I'd test some with my sister who didn't have so many stories, but she'd say, she, she'd say, I don't remember that enough. Well, she said, no, you're right, yeah, I do. So, and it was a way of kind of checking things. So it's it a, fam- much. a family collaboration rather than just your memory of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, Rod, we know you're not in town, you're out of town, and we're running out of time for your memoir, but it's called uh, Memory, Love, It's Discontents, and it's available on Amazon, and it's published yep. by Hybrid Printers, and it's... That's it. And how much is it? Twenty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. At a good bookstore near you. At a good any, any good bookstore, any bad bookstore. Any good bookstore. Probably not so good ones too. Dimmicks still going, Gary? Dimmicks. Oh, I don't know. a lot of them uh, closed down. Oh yeah, a lot of them closed down. But I think there are. There's one in town. I've seen. Mm. Uh, one uh, final question: Your association with the East Melbourne Synagogue quite strong at the moment. Yes. Uh, not so much now, but um, when when I was a kid, my maternal grandfather, the man who brought mum up, said to me one day, he said, you know, of all my grandchildren, and he had lots of them, he said, you, like me and my siblings, at least should know something about your Jewish background. And if you're ever interested, the place you should look is the East Berlin Synagogue. So um, when I first started to explore Judaism and I thought, well, I'll do what Grandpa said. So I sort of rocked up at East Melbourne Synagogue and then I got involved there in various ways. I was on uh, uh, funding committees and uh, various things, including the late David Barthes, mm-hmm. which I wrote uh, a couple of weeks ago. But um, Grandpa, Grandpa was very successful in his fruit trade and when his parents died, him and his brother um, donated a new Pimmer at East Melbourne. Oh. And when he said that to me as a kid, that he said something, he didn't say you should go to East Melbourne, it's the first place you should look. And it struck me at the time, I thought, Is it, am I going to find something there? So when I was trying to sort out my dear status, I went there and there's there a plaque on uh, the Bimmer to his parents, which reads, you know, in memory of Mr. and Mrs. Morris. <laughs> So I said to the uh, president, we've got to pull that off because he might have left a message behind it. So the president appeared after shoving the screwdriver and we took it off and there's nothing there. Yeah, um, very good stories, Rod. <laughs> okay, Rod, thanks very much for your time. A fascinating story. And All right, Gary. Are you still interested in doing a program back at J.A.? Yeah, yeah, I'd still like to do that. So we'll talk about that after the new year. I will talk about it after the year. Wish you a new year, a happy new year. Same to you, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary.
And to you, Shana Tova. Shana Tova. All the best, Rod. Thanks for the interview. And Kesiva Vachsimatova. May you be <laughs> inscribed and sealed for a good year. Moshe, over to you for a few Absolutely. Last words. It was very fascinating listen, listening to your story, as it's always fascinating. But what really got to me was your statement that you woke up in the middle of the early morning one day and you said to yourself, Wow, I'm Jewish. And then you said, the world started to make sense to me. And I found that very poignant that when people come back to their roots, things start to make sense. Mm. Yeah, uh, because it's more, you know, I've always viewed as a kid, it's just history doesn't connect to me. Yes. But it's actually very connected to me, like who I am as a person. Yep, so I thank you so much for that because it uh, really resonated. Can be inspiring in to others my, in as well. Okay, um, and Max, when's the next Ballarat? Uh... Yeah, you're welcome, Rod. Uh, we're starting for the high holidays of Rosh Hashanah today, uh, three weeks' time. Uh, Friday evening, the 15th of September. All right. And all, all the times are listed on BallaratSynagogue.org. Come along. And we'll have you on the dinner. Okay, Rod? Okay. And, 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 and by the way, bring, bring a shovel. We need to find some gold. <laughs> bring, a, bring, a, bring a shovel stick gold detector. <laughs> all right, Rod. Okay. All the best. We'll, we'll talk guys. soon. Thank you. We'll Bye. talk soon. Bye. Bye. Es trunkut der Alternischen Wein reucht mir in Fenster rein. Wo ist der Vetter? Es dich Hallo, kann er sein? Wo ist der Vetter? Es dich Symbol.
This is 10K Radius every Friday at 10 till noon on J88FM. You're with the MGM boys, MGM production boys. And we're coming up to the the hour where we have to go. So Yes, yeah, so we've got a few minutes, uh, Gary, and I wanted to mention uh, and pay tribute to a wonderful, wonderful woman who passed away who was NIFTA aged 101 years last Thursday, August the 17th, and that is the communal stalwart Bella Hershon. Now, I knew Bella very well because we were both at uh, Vizzo, or Vizzo um, when I was there for uh, a little while, and also she was a volunteer, as I was, at the Jewish Museum of Australia Gandal Centre of Judaica, she was there for 15 years. I was there for a little bit shorter in uh, time. But uh, I knew Bella very well, and she was just such a inspiring woman um, and such a lovely, lovely character. But um, she was made a member of the Order of Australia and AM in 2020 for her significant service to the Jewish community and to women and um she uh she had a um, a twin brother philip philip mazel and they were both recognized on their 100th ber- 100th birthday as the first holocaust survivors twins in the world to reach this milestone that is 100 years of age together uh well obviously together because they were twins but uh isn't that the first Holocaust survivors, twins in the world, to reach 100 years of age? She was a mother of two, a grandmother of four, a great-grandmother of five. She was born into a traditional Jewish family in Vilna, or Vilna, Lithuania. And uh, as I said, she had a twin brother, um, Philip, and also another brother, Joseph. And uh, she was in Stutthof concentration camp she escaped German custody while on the infamous death march. She was president and co-president of the Elat Group of Witzow, Victoria, for over 62 years. Wow. 62 Beautiful years. Achievement. She served on the executive of Witzow, Victoria, when I was also a member of the executive and was appointed a non-real-life member of Witzow, Australia. And... Um, Yes, uh, Bella Hershon, we remember her with affection and uh, a sad loss for all of the Jewish community and for, for Australia in general. And she actually came on the same ship as my parents to Australia in uh, January 1949. Would you believe that? There's our connection as well. Wow. Yeah, we we'll miss her. Wonderful. May her neshama have a goisa aliyah, oh, many man. Yiddish. Oh, yeah. And don't forget, this program is dedicated to the memory of the six million who cannot tell their story today. I think it's time for the 11 o'clock break. Because I don't know what the time is, because I can't. 10.57. So we still have a little bit of time. Okay. Quick uh, one more, Morris. Uh, one Noch more. Eins. Noch eins. Uh, which means uh, quick another one. one. Very quick, Morris. Um, about a minute. Look, uh, what can I say? Um, tonight, 
Friday, August the 25th. Uh, you can be ignited. That's what it says at Caulfield Shul. They're hosting a special Friday night shul service, followed by a dinner. And it's free for all year 12 students. Oh, uh-huh. Right. Across <laughs> Victoria. It starts at 6 p.m. at Kabbalat Shabbat. Dinner will be at 6.45. I think I might go myself. I'll uh, okay, make up we've to my 12-year-old. That's it. Bookings are essential. Go to trybooking.com. Find us on Facebook. Just head to www.facebook.com forward slash J Air Radio. That's two R's. J Air Radio. You are listening to J Air 88 FM. J Air 88 FM. Famous tune from the Bond films, written by Monty Berman. Nice yeah. Jewish boy. There was a dispute about that song. Do you reckon? Do you think that James Bond himself was Jewish? Could have been. Was there a sure, real James sure. Bond, or was it uh, Eric Fleming? Could have been Bondovich. Hey, Bondovich. <laughs> no, hey, you want no, Bond to no, the spot? No, he's on the third floor. Third floor. Yeah. You don't have to be Jewish. That's it. Very clever. Very clever. Okay, this is the second hour of 10K Raiders. In the first hour, we listen to the wise words of journalist, raconteur, writer, author, Rod Meyer, whose new book... Let me see what the name of it is. Um, the memoirs. Memoirs. Memoir. Love Memory. and uh, something or other. He's Discontent. a 240-odd page memoir of, about himself. Memory, love and its discontents. I highly recommend if you I, If I wrote a book about myself, I don't reckon that it would go for more than about two lines. Ta- the Towering Inferio? Yes, I'd have to think of a very good title. <laughs> no, you can... Yes. Meishi the Bialystoker. <laughs> the, the Carlton Boy. The Carlton Boy. If anyone out there has a... Um, a title for Macy's book, please yeah, text us 0404 or call in 9069-2086. I, I don't think anyone will be able to text because I haven't got it open. Well, that's a problem. I'll open it up. Open up your text. There it is. 
Don't forget it, Hutt Solar listeners. We give out their number every week, the great uh, community uh, volunteer-based organisation. 1800 613 613, any medical emergency, uh, rapid response teams, and they proudly uh, assist Ambulance Victoria protecting the community. 1800 613 613. The temperature at the moment is 16.6. It's getting towards nice. spring ding. Very nice. Maybe we go down to the beach. Uh, for Tashlich. Yes. And in a couple of weeks we'll That's go down. It. I'll come yeah. with you, Marcia. We'll have to put on yeah. some sunscreen. Like some 50 some, plus. Put some breadcrumbs in your pockets. Yeah. That's it. Uh, the expected temperature is 20, mostly sunny. Yep. What about for the next couple of days? Tomorrow for Shabbos we're expecting all cloudy and cooler 15, possible rainfall 0 to 1 millimetre. We might have half a millimetre of rain. And on Sunday, cloudy, minimum of nine, maximum of 15. Slight chance of a shower. And then warming up during the week, 18 on Monday, 22 on Tuesday, 20 on Wednesday, and 17 on Thursday. Mendel. Beautiful. I want to wish a muzzle tough, Gary, to someone you will know, everybody in the world will know. Gene Simmons, Yom oh, Simmons. Today, he is 74, born on the 25th of the 8th, 1949, in Haifa. Okay. And Gary used really? to have his um, real name every week for me at one stage, Eugene Chaim Witz, W-I-T-Z. Right. Remember, Gary, you knew, his, you knew the whole Kiss band's oh, real names really. at one stage. Paul Stanley... It's now Sean Fergesson. Fergesson, but Paul Slan- Stanley's the other Yiddish boy. And the rumour is, I think they're actually coming to do the grand final pre-entertainment. Really? Which I reckon's a waste of guilt. They're, they're celebrating 50 years uh, as KISS, formed in April 1973. And it's been on the news all week because they couldn't get crowded house. That fell through. Right. I don't think KISS sits with a lot of people, but uh, I oh, might well. be wrong. Meatloaf's the one to get back. Gary, a tribute to Meatloaf. He's passed away, but yes. remember the Meatloaf? They always have problem with entertainment. They're, they spend millions for Gornish. They should be using local artists, you know? Yeah. yeah. And there's Johnny, young ones. Get John Farnham up there again. Yeah. Nilly, they could do a tribute show with Farnham and Braithwaite and oh, so much talent we have here from the younger generation. Yeah, Jimmy Barnes. Yeah. Barnesy, yeah. Ross Wilson. Oh, Ross Wilson, I'd go and see. Yeah, there's stacks. Anyway. Come said the boy. Yeah, listen, this uh, Gene Simmons, he'll be out here. Make no uh, mistake, he'll be here with Kiss for the grand final. He has sold 100 million plus records worldwide. Um, he started the band, as I mentioned, in 1973 with uh, the other Yiddish chap, Paul Stanley. So they've been going 50-plus years. Morris likes the figures on these celebrities. So, Morris, Gene Simmons' his net worth is estimated at $400 million American, but I think that's a low figure. Considering all the merchandising, Kiss were huge, Gary, remember? Yes, Masks and outfits, they were the biggest Pin- rock stars. Pinball machines, yeah. everything. Everything, pens. 
cups. Maybe he spent a few dollars. He may have. <laughs> Maybe he's given it all, you know. He's a big... Moisha, he's a big supporter of Israel. He's spoken yep. out a yep. lot and sent messages to the soldiers during most of the recent wars, especially the 2006 Lebanon War. Right. He sent direct messages. He's known as the demon. You know, each character in Kiss had a, a title. Right. With their Mishigas, their makeup. He okay. was known as the demon. He's the main singer, plus the bass guitarist. So wish him Mazel Tov, Gary. Mazel Tov. 74, not there's bad. A, and still still rocking. Still rocking. There's some other big birthdays today. Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> He's a, he was a bit, of a, de- he was a, bit of a demon. Oh, are you this your boy? 1918 to 1918. Leonard Bernstein. Oh, yes. George Wallace. George Wallace. Governor of Alabama, I think. Yes. And a fellow called Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen. Oh, there's well, thousands of Cohens. Yeah, Michael Cohen, what Which did one? he do? American lawyer, now disbarred, that served as a... Oh, team. he was Trump's, uh, Trump's that lawyer. That's right. Yeah, Trump's and went lawyer. against him in the end. Yeah. He's turned to the other party. Well, he ended recently. up in prison. Yes, yes. Yes, he was sentenced to three time. years in federal prison. Yep. Correct, correct. And Donald... <laughs> we talk about bandits and rock stars here. What about some Yiddish history, Gary? I've got a few I'll, here. i just run through the birthdays because we haven't got time for the rest of it. Uh, Anthea Gibson. Sean Connery. Really? How old is he? About 90. Well, no, he's, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he died in 2020. Well, we have to pay tribute to Sean Connery because we well, have our, James Bond. We have our James Bond. The original James Bond. The original James Bond in Doctor No or mm. From Russia with Love, one of those. 1962. Mm. How many Bond films have there been? Oh, oh yeah. about 18, 20. I can check yeah. up later, something like that. Elvis Costello? Yeah, he's a bandit. Is he a bandit? He's a BDS supporter and uh, a goiser no. unto submit. He's 69 today. Lots of Tim Burton, uh, he's Australian film producer, mm. director, I think, 65. Billy Ray Cyrus, 62. Country singer, yeah. And Claudia Schiffer's 53. Now, that's a girl to look at. <laughs> Shane Mendel. Yeah. Okay, that'll do for the birthdays. Your turn, Mendel. Elul 8. Yep. Het Elul. Het, yep. 25th of August, we're holding 5783. So there's a bit of Jewish history on this day. Back in 1893, Shechita, which is kosher slaughter, was declared illegal in Switzerland, a ban that continues until today, apparently, Morris. That same year, in 1893, kosher slaughter was prohibited in the German region of Saxony. Today, Norway also yeah. bans yeah. Uh, kosher slaughter and some other European countries, such as the, uh, the UK, have taken the matter under consideration at, at one stage. That'll never happen there. Sometimes these laws are anti-Semitic in nature, but couched in humanitarian terms. You know, the Greens get involved and this party and that party, they're all trying to interfere where they shouldn't be there. The issue is one of the of great sensitivity for the Jewish community, being that one of the first enactments of the Nazis back in 1933 was to outlaw Shechita, the kosher slaughter, an act of horrible irony that preceded the slaughter of six million Jews. You know. Yes. 
Shechita. Let's have a look at some Very other um, uh, breaking Jewish history for the 8th of Elul. And we'll have a look at Aish.com. Uh, have some nice little uh, stories normally for the uh, history of the day. It's coming through now as we get it up to... What are you doing there? I've got it, Gary. Oh, you've got yeah, it. Yeah, sorry, mate. Oh, you can interrupt. Oh, just me. one thing. that In 1875, a fellow called Captain Matthew Webb made the first unassisted swim across the English Channel in 21 hours and 45 minutes. Oh. And his mother said to him, Do bist a missile Michigan? Lucky not to be they, they swim in a cage, and I think a few Australians have done it. Yes. yes. Quite a few, yeah. Um, I can't women remember. Women and men. Yes. Yeah. They lather up before they get into grease, the water. All that grease. All that fat. They put, on yeah, they they put fat. fat to keep warm. Yeah. Yes, to keep warm. Oh, be better with a wetsuit, wouldn't it? Yeah, but uh, it restricts must, it yeah. must hinder them. Yeah, it'd yeah. be better to do it in know. a heated swimming pool, and just pretend you're swimming in the channel, mm. because they can they can get chaffed by the. Uh, Here's another bit of uh, history for the eighth of Elul. Back in the year 1654, a chap by the name of Yaakov Bar Simpson, Jacob Bar Simpson, became the first Jewish settler in New Amsterdam. New York now, and a few months later, a group of 23 Jews arrived from Brazil. At first, Governor Peter Stuyvesant denied Jews the right to engage in trade, own real estate, serve in the military, and conduct private, uh, public religious services. But Bas Simpson, who was a, a really uh, observant Jew, he followed an appeal to the Dutch West India Company and succeeded in gaining equal rights for Jews. In one incident, he was summoned to court on a Shabbos and courageously refused to appear. In a landmark decision that extended the limits of religious freedom, the court did not hold him accountable. Bar Simpson's Jewish pride and pioneering spirit paved the way for generations of Jewish immigrants yet to come. Was Bit that uh, Bar Simpson or Bar Simpson? Bar Simpson. Bar Simpson. <laughs> that's, Bar where they Simpson. Got his, that's where they got his name from, Bar Simpson, Jacob right. Bar Simpson. Bar Morris, Simpson. you got something there? I've got one more article. Oh, you go for it. No, no, while, while it's uh, loading up here. Right. Just go to a quick announcement. A uh, quick announcement. Well, I mentioned that Ich bin a Bialystoker and uh, there's going to be the... Um, the Bialystoka and surrounding areas, the commemoration to mark the 80th year of the uprising and liquidation of the Bialystoka ghetto and surrounds. This is going to be on Monday the 4th of September, 7.30pm sharp at the Melbourne Jewish Holocaust Museum in Selwyn Street, Elstonwick. There'll be a memorial service and celebration of the culturally rich tapestry of the Jewish community that lived in and around Bialystok. Testimony will be from survivors, survivors, families, friends, and anybody else is invited. Contact uh, Sephra on 0419-521-005 if you would like to do a reading. Beautiful, Morris. We go back to a bit of Yiddish history for the 25th of August. And on this day, back in 1938, the Gerste Bandit Eichmann set up uh, a central office uh, 
for Jewish immigration back in 1938. Also on this day, Gal Friedman. He secured Israel's first Olympic gold medal back in 2004 in windsurfing. windsurfing. Yeah, yeah, this was one of few medals in windsurfing. Yeah, they have done well, but in 2004, that was the first gold medal for Israel. And there's a, one last bit of history for the eighth level. Back in 1903, in the days of Theodore Herzl, Max Nordo raises uh, the Uganda plan. Now, this was uh, at the uh, Zionist Congress on the 25th of August, 1903. It was was short-lived, Morris. Do you remember studying that, a bit about that? Yes, yes, there was Uganda. Um, We would have been eaten by Idi Amin. (laughs) That's the problem. Uh, But there were a lot of places, do you know, that Western Australia. Western Australia, uh, yes. The Northern Australia. Mm. um, There were many places in the world that... um, were yeah. offered as a alternative, uh, as a yeah. alternative to uh, the land of Israel. Well, could have been worse than Western Australia. Well, the Kimberley, uh, yeah, lots of minerals and wealth there. Well, there you go. We could have Israel been would have turned it into a nice green little. Oh patch. yeah, oh yeah. Desalinisation. The Ord River. Yeah, the Ord this, sorry, Gary. The Ord River tips got. Buckets of water in mm, it. Mm. This chap, Max Nadeau, who was born in 1849, died in 1923, was a great uh, Hungarian philosopher, writer, orator, physician, and Zionist leader who uh, co-founded the World Zionist Congress and was instrumental, as I said, in raising the Uganda plan for a Jewish national home and uh, son of an Orthodox rabbi and had uh, a lot of connection with uh, Theodore Herzl. That's the Jewish history for the 8th of Elo, corresponding to the 25th of August. And, and allied to that, in 1944, the German commander Dietrich von Holtitz surrenders Paris to the French Free Forces, disobeying Adolf Hitler's orders to destroy the city. President of the provincial government of the French Republic, Charles de Gaulle, gives a famous speech at the Hotel de Ville. Hmm. So instead of knocking a thing down, can you imagine one Nazi general the had whole some? Of Paris would have been destroyed. Mm. The Arc de Triomphe, the Eiffel Tower. Mm. Okay, boys. Yes. This is ten k radius. It is, and you do you know, Gary, that JN needs your membership? Shall I play the membership thing? Yeah, why not? If I can find it. Oh, here we go. Enjoy listening to J-Air. Support us and become a member by visiting our website, j-air.com.au. Okay. Do you want a uh, a quote or a thought for the week? Why not? An honest politician is one who, when when bought, stays bought. (laughs) That's an honest politician. An economist is an expert who will tell you tomorrow why what happened today. In theory, there is no difference between theory and practice. In practice, there is. You've got to think about that one. Mm, okay. Well, I have a... Thoughts a, for the week. 
I have other thoughts from the Jewish Humour Facebook yes. group. Tell us a joke. <coughs> well, it, it, sort relate, it sort of relates to Rod Myers sitting bolt upright in bed realising he's Jewish. Right. And this is a, a, a com- comedic way of putting it. You know you grew up Jewish when you spent your entire childhood thinking that everyone else calls roast beef brisket. Right. Your family dog responds to complaints uttered in Yiddish. You know you grew up Jewish when you were as tall as your grandmother by the age of seven. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) You're getting this, Rod? And you know you grew up Jewish when you never knew anyone whose last name didn't end with one of five standard suffixes. <laughs> you can look a filter fish you can look at a filter fish and not turn green. We'll have more jokes later. Shall we do Twatum? We can do Twatum. I'll play the well known introduction. Absolutely. There you go, Morris. It's good news week. Someone's dropped a bomb somewhere Contaminating atmosphere and blackening the sky It's good news week Someone's found a way to give the rotting dead A will to live, go on and never die Have you heard the news? What did it say? Yes, well, have you heard the twatum about Malka Lifer? She finally got sentenced yesterday in the Victorian County Court. Judge Mark Gamble, um, he uh, sentenced uh, Malka Lifer, who was, uh, as we know, the ultra-Orthodox um, previous principal of the Adas Girls' School in Melbourne. She was sentenced to a maximum of 15 years in prison with... Uh, a non-parole period being set of 11 and a half years. Mm. Considering time already served, Lifer could be out. She, she didn't get a life. She no, wasn't no, a lifer. No, 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 she'll be out in uh, six years. She could be out in less than six yes, years. Yes, that's In sentencing Lifer, Judge Gamble stated that Lifer had no insight and no remorse. Mm. To date, she has not sought or received any professional treatment or counselling in relation to her offending. So there you go, 15 Moisha, years. The opinion is she, when she is out, which is only six years, yeah. she will re-offend. As you said, she showed no remorse in the court and uh, she had 71 hearings in Israel and all along... There was a lot of faking and under-the-table money being swapped, and there's a lot of to be answered for in Israel still. This case isn't complete with the with the uh, health minister at the time, Litzman, I think his yeah, name Litzman. was, yeah. and uh, and also there's another part to this issue, Morris. When she was shipped swiftly out in 2008, yeah. those responsible need to be uh, taken to uh, court, as we say, and uh, held responsible. That's the next part of the drama. It's not open yet. It's, it's almost there. They're relieved. It's, uh, it's been 15 years, has it? 
all up since uh, these sisters and others who yeah, was suffered long time, long finally time, got the justice time. that they deserve and the whole world is uh, focusing on this uh, court decision the, uh, over the last couple of days. But Moisha, yeah. what's your opinion, what I've just said? Uh, yes, absolutely. The perpetrators uh, well, of getting her out, you know? Well, um, what do they say? Where there's uh, fire, there's... Uh, smoke, there's fire. <laughs> where, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. So uh, mm. we'll see what uh, yeah. you know, eventuates um, uh, because, as you said, it may not be uh, quite completely no, over. Manny over. Wax issued a statement. Yes, that'd be interesting, yep. Gary. Yep. It's quite long, but I'm not going to read it all. He, he said, Today is an incredible day for justice. The sentencing of Malkalifa is the pinnacle of a drawn-out... David mm. v. Goliath battle and marks a significant step towards justice for the courageous for the courageous survivors, sisters Nicole Dussie and Nellie, who have endured immense pain and suffering due to Lifer's criminal and heinous actions. Eight kids she has, Malka Lifer, plus grandchildren galore. Yeah. Eight children and uh yes. it was a it's hot sech geschlept sie lang, so me yes, Yiddish, you know, drawn out, yeah, wasn't it, Gary? It was very drawn out, well, it's, but... Uh, it's not finished, she might appeal. Yeah, she may well appeal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think she'll get and anywhere there in that regard. You've got, to, you've got to have a reason mm. to appeal. It's not an automatic thing. Well, it might be manifestly excessive or something. There were 27 charges, and they dropped nine. It was 18 that she's charged with, yeah, because right. one of the sisters... Uh, the third one was uh, touch and go evidence. They said, you know, right. uh, enough is enough. Okay. Um, yeah. Was it before a judge and jury, or just before I a think judge? I think it was just in front County, of him, county court. I, th- I think it was just before the judge. Yep, I didn't no hear jury, anything Gary, about no, a jury. There's no jury in this. Anyway, the next twatum. You know that there's been a protest by women's organisations that have taken place in Bene Brak in the ultra-Orthodox town of Bnei Brak in Israel, sanctioned by the Israeli police, this protest, um, and uh, they decided to uh, walk from Ramat Gun's Ayalon Mall to Bnei Brak uh, on Thursday night. The aim of the protest was a countermeasure push to what the women see as efforts to make Israel more religious and less equal. The women protest group faced off against a counter protest group who held signs saying, the world cannot exist without the Torah. Mm. You can take that as you want. But Mm. anyway, um, the police had announced that several streets would be blocked off in the city of Bnei Brak between 7pm and 11pm. So the women have decided... We're going to stand up, and I think there is an organisation called Stand Up, and uh, they were there as well because these women have said, we've had enough. We're equal just like the men. They were saying, we're being forced to sit at the back of buses. We can't hold uh, employment positions. We can't be CEOs of organisations, etc., etc., Enough is enough, and uh, they had this uh, protest. Prime Minister 
Benjamin Netanyahu. Almost got that uh, Bibi. wrong. Bibi. Why is he, he called Bibi? Because it's a, it's a nickname for Benjamin. Bibi. And it's BB. Benjamin. They had a gun for kids yeah. in America. Anyway, a uh, he made a call to Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi to congratulate him on India's successful moon launch. Yeah, they've done it. Yeah. Right, no, moon landing. Yes. Well, it was a yes. They it was land. a launch and a landing. Yeah. They landed there you at go. the South Pole. The Russians. Yes, crashed. the Russians. The Russian uh, crashed, crashed out early in the week. Yep. So uh, he said, uh, "Well done." Just make sure that uh, you open up a, a kosher curry outlet on the moon, <laughs> right? That uh, it's got uh, it's got shchita. Curry in a hurry. We, we, we've got to make sure that there's shchita on the moon. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's two organisations: the IFCJ and the IE Corporation um, have agreed to supply Israelis in need with electricity. Amongst those that will receive subsidies are more than 700 Holocaust survivors. I reckon that there's more than 700 Holocaust survivors, but they're talking about those that can't afford their electricity bills. So these two Israeli organizations, in fact, one of them is a Christian Jewish organization. That's the IFCJ, CJ meaning Christian Jews. Uh, Christians and, and Jews, not Christian Jews. And uh, well done. They're putting uh, some guilt together and they're going to pay the electricity bills for these uh, people in need. Um, let's see what else there is. Uh, there was a terrible tragedy where an eight-year-old boy, Yehuda Levy, was killed and eight were injured when they went on a hike to the Dead Sea and um, boulders, they reckon the boulders were as large as motor vehicles and they just, for some odd reason, fell down uh, on him and others during a Thursday morning hike and uh, the Prime Minister sent condolences to the families, etc. and we wish uh, the families well. And we wish the eight who were injured also Rafur Schlema. Terrible tragedy for Yehuda Levy, an eight-year-old that was killed on this hike at the Dead Sea. Um, Lisa Esberg. Do you know who Lisa Esberg is? She's a Bedouin woman uh, and she's trained with uh, MDA and uh, she's the first woman from a Bedouin town to receive an ambulance driver's license. So congratulations to her. Muzzletov, yeah. Yeah, Muzzletov to her. Um, now, the, 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 the settlers in the West Bank, um, the head of the settlers movement, a guy called Dagan, he's come out with a statement that they're aiming for a million settlers to be living in the West Bank, what he calls West Bank Samaria, by 2050. So uh, he sent a message to the Prime Minister saying, a million for Samaria. 
there's already quite a large number, um, but they're looking to have something like about 25 major towns in the, sw- in the West Bank over the next 20-odd years, um, a million settlers to be living on the West Bank. Do you know that Paraguay is going to move its embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and additionally, Uruguay will also open a diplomatic mission in the capital city. Currently, four of the almost 100 embassies in Israel are in Jerusalem. Can you name the four? Well, you'll know one of them, surely. Uh, the United States. The United States. Yeah, of course. Right, so you've got the United States, Guatemala, Honduras, and Kosovo. So when Paraguay makes the move, three of the city's five embassies, because there'll then be five, will be um, Latin American countries' embassies. The Israeli Foreign Ministry has 108 diplomatic um, missions worldwide, staffed by 400 diplomats, and it's good to see that there are more countries moving their embassies from Tel Aviv to Yerushalayim, which is the capital of Israel. Um, one uh, one time when I was working at The Age a few yep. years ago, they had a debate on what was the capital of... Uh, in the newsroom, they had a debate on what the capital of Israel was. Yep. And so they asked me, and I said, Jerusalem. And they sort of indicated that that wasn't correct, it should be Tel Aviv. I said, no... It's Jerusalem was always that way and will always be that way. Yep. Yep. But they they had the um, foresight to ask at least. Yep. Yep. Now um, Lebanon have got a national security ministry. They confiscate, confiscated Israeli goods from store shelves around the country on Tuesday. Now, what would Lebanon's National Security Ministry, why would they worry about beach towels on shelves? Because most of the goods that were confiscated were beach and bathroom towels. Nicked from hotels. What what would be the national security? What's the security doing confiscating beach towels? Mad. I don't madness. get it. It's madness. We're They're still trying to work out how the beach towels or bathroom towels got into Lebanon in the first place. Maybe they just walked in. They didn't pay the airport duty. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, okay, now, uh, do you know that uh, Microsoft have got a vice president? His name is Yitzhak Kesselman. Listen to this. He's only two rungs below Microsoft CEO. And uh, he's a Chabadnik, and he's set to become a Rov. And uh, he says he's taken inspiration from the last Lubavitcher Rebbe, who was a qualified electrical engineer. That I didn't know. So he says, well, if it's good enough for the Lubavitcher Rov... Um, for me. Microsoft are into technology, elect- electrical engineering. I'm going to become a rabbi. <laughs> Kesselman. <laughs> yep. Yes, like Kesselman. Now, look, it could be Microsoft Israel, yeah, right? Be, yeah. But it's still a good story. Oh, yeah. um, I wonder if he's related to Larry Kesselman. He could be. 
He owns the Sydney uh, Sydney Kings, doesn't he? Owns he? The, the basketball NBL. team. Yeah. Um, and a few other things besides. I'm trying. I'm trying to find articles and stories that you don't usually find yeah, in, yeah. The, in the regular media. Because look, we can keep talking about the judi- judicial overhaul, I've got and a, the protest, I've got a, and this I've and got the a other. Text message I don't want to talk too much about all that anymore. I've got a text message from a Jewish man. Yeah, Kogan. Yeah. Kogan. Kogan. Yeah, he's a yeah. nice Yiddish boy. Starting yeah. in his garage. Sco- he went to Mount Scopus. He was yeah. in my son's class. He's telling me free shipping of up to 60% and up to 60% off of Father's Day gifts. Shop now. Is that just for you, Gary? He Must sent you the text. Send me the text. <laughs> Everybody else pays. Everybody else pays. Uh, I reckon, I reckon we, we should finish off. I always like finishing off with a with a good story, although the Microsoft vice president was a good one. Do you know that uh, Bibi and his wife, Sarah, they're currently staying at the Jerusalem Pricey Waldorf Astoria Hotel? It's at Upper Galilee, I think. No, no, it's in Jerusalem. Oh, they've moved. They were, they were holiday. They were holiday up in the, in the Golan. Yeah. Yeah. And a Moshav. But now they come back yeah. to uh, oh, hometown. Jerusalem. They live in Jerusalem. Yes. In Belfast. Next Street. to James Packer. He's got to a James property Packer, next to right. They must probably go on to his yacht every night oh, for yeah. dinner. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they're staying at the pricey Waldorf Astoria Hotel. I don't think they're paying. Um, they're occupying an entire floor. Well, I would say that's for security reasons. Uh, and they're likely to stay there for, uh, for at least another week, maybe more. Um, do you know how much it costs in the ambassador, what they call the ambassador suite? Australian you ju- you'll just be able to pay for this, Gary. 2000 Australian dollars. It's going to set you back in US dollars. US. $24,179. I can give them the nine bucks. But they, can get, they, can get, the they can get the bath towels from Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, and. Um, and the reason is there's ongoing res- uh, renovations at the uh, their Belfer residence. Do you know how much their renovations are costing? Between twenty five and thirty million US dollars, oh, yeah. and they reckon it's going to take years to complete. So ninety uh, percent of that's bath towels from Lebanon. That's <laughs> it, exactly right. And the robes, yeah, the. The robes and the and the the soaps, yeah, the soap, don't the soaps and all that, the chocolates, the the shampoos, shampoos. (laughs) (laughs) the chocolates on the pillows, and the pillows. So there you go. They're enjoying life at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. And uh, what more can I say? I can only say to finish off that is Twatum for another week. And next week, well, oh, you've got another one. You're holding up a finger. Yeah. Gary's holding up a finger. We'll just do a station ID. This is 10 oh, please do. on 88FM. Jay. You're listening to Jay Air, Jewish Australian Internet Radio. Jay Air broadcasts to Caulfield and nearby suburbs on 87.8 FM as well as streaming online at j-air, that's a-i-r dot com dot au. You're listening to 10K Radius on j-air.
88FM every Friday morning, 10am till 12 noon. Kol Hakavod for your Twatam Moshe today. Thank you. It was Labor Dick. Labor Dick. I, I like love a it. Labor Dick. Oh, uh, yeah. Fun filled. But I feel my little Twatam as I'm doing each week. You now. got a little twat. <laughs> Is uh, just a few points that you missed, and we have to reflect uh, because there uh, were some sad events. You're giving us yeah, all yeah, the good yeah, time yeah. early this week. We don't do sad. Now we reflect and pay tribute to the to yeah, the yeah, loss of. of uh, unfortunately, early this week we had a, uh, a father and son. The father seventy, yes, and his son yes, twenty eight. Terrible shot for no apparent reason in uh, in Nablus, in a place Huara. Just going into a car wash, doing their just because they're Jews, correct, Moisha? Yes, Reflect absolutely. on that. The tragedy continue. Then, following that, the next day in Hebron, a 42-year-old mother shot and yep. a man seriously injured. In uh, and the the perpetrators uh, funded by the Al Aska Brigade, Moisha, yep. all financed by Iran. Yeah, I'll keep that. In to tell you, though yeah, I know the you mother, hate the mother's the name didn't. was Batsheva yeah. Nigri. Baruch Dayan Hayemes Zichron Labracha. Terrible things. Terrible, was f- terrible. Shot in front of a 12 year old daughter. Absolutely, Absolutely incredible. Shocking news there. We reflected on those. And also in Israel at the moment, the. Um, in the Upper Galilee, uh, the vo- the Arab violence, you know, amongst the uh, the Arab. Terrible. We're up to 158 Arab Correct. Israelis that have been murdered. Yeah, since in the a start gangland of the year. type war between yeah. the Arab gangs. Up in the Upper Galilee on uh, Tuesday evening, four there were four murders uh, between um, crime families and. Uh, one guy quoted that Israel's in a state of emergency. The Shin Bait has to get involved more and yeah. cut this out because it's going to flow through to the Asiatic people as well, they yeah. reckon. It ain't good no. to be in Israel at the moment with no, these very uh, dangerous. Arab uh, r- riots and the violences there. And Gary, I've got a topic for you. Maybe you can help me. What's your opinion of the uh, the Wagner mercenaries? Uh, they reckon it's all fake news, you know. Really? That um, what's his name? Evgeny Prigozhin. He's actually they put a a, a fake guy he's in. Jewish. Dressed, they reckon yeah, he's Jewish, but he's alive. They've smuggled him out. It right. was all a plot by uh, by Putin as well. well it's right. revenge. We know it's revenge. But well, there's a they plane went down out. with ten people in it. Ten, do- ten dead. But they reckon he's got he's safe. Maybe he's staying at the uh, Waldorf Astoria in Jerusalem <laughs> <laughs> with the Lebanese in the ambassador suite. Yeah, with the escaped. With the, you know, with the Lebanese bath towels. Yeah, it wasn't oh, good. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know. Putin hasn't made any statement one way or the other. Oh, he praised him. Oh, he did him. praise he him. He did. He praised yeah, he him. Came yeah, out with a big statement yeah. praising Prigozhin him. Prigozhin used to be his cook. So uh, the, the, the Wagner group is a bunch of mercenaries that oh, yeah, kill terrible. for money. Yeah. They do everything, especially in Africa. Yeah, yeah in Africa all, as well. Yeah, yeah. And all over the place. But there was a move that they were going to settle in Belarus and Putin's going yeah. to be friends again. It's all blown out because he did the uh, the coup, didn't he, recently? Yes. Yes. Well, Putin doesn't take kindly to pretend uh, pretend coups or non-pretend coups. 
He gets back, don't worry. He gets his revenge. Oh, yeah. So, so stay tuned for that one. Moisha will bring that one back next week. Yifgenyi. He's, I didn't know he's a yid. Okay. Well, I'm not too sure, but uh, mm. I did see a there report a of saying he was. A lot of oligarchs in Russia who support yeah. Putin. They don't know if the plane blew up or was it a missile or... Nobody knows the truth with these Russians. Well, you it know? went down. It's gone. I watch a news service called Polonsky News, which is in Russian, so Lily translates for me. And he reckons... He's a journalist in Ukraine. He reckons it was a surface-to-air missile mm. from Putin forces. Mm. Yeah. Why would, why would they stage such an elaborate hoax. Anyway, let's have some more of the Besheva singers for a couple of minutes. Toisens is a cushion, shake tell deal. Sis for them tat and you get cool and a plea No, while do faints don't slough snitch kind. Schreibig zum tat and you a schlecht design kee if this is a cushion, dear, nicht nein. Schlaf, meine Chomele, mein Teierkiewele. Schach, still, oi, was is heint mit dir? Sie is for them tat and you get cool, man, up El nimmt unsere Beschreibt der mir. Sie ist vor dem Tatenjung gekommen, wenn du fest nicht ruhig sein. Fort mit mir Meuschele und Lele und Riefele. Ich los ich da über ganz allein. Schlaf mir mein Kadischel, mein Teierkiewele. Plag nicht und quäl mich nicht umsiehst. Hab zu dem Taten Jugendschriebenabriewele. In der Zelt, wie schön, wie schlecht du bist. This is 10K Radius every Friday at 10. Now it's time for announcements and shoutouts. And here we go with Macy's announcements. Yes, uh, first of all, to remind you, and uh, we have announced this every week, but I think it's very important. Hatsola, Melbourne. They're holding their next uh, quarterly first day training course, Sunday the 3rd of September at 5pm, offering both accredited and non-accredited first day training. To register your interest or for more info, you can go on to info at hatsola.org.au. Now we also have uh, two major events 
One is at uh, a night-only event, at a one-night-only event at Caulfield Shul. Uh, this is with Aliza Ben Shalom, Netflix's Jewish matchmaker. She'll be live in Melbourne. As I said, one night only at Caulfield Shul. This is on Thursday, the 31st of August at 8pm. There's a final call to secure your tickets. And uh, that yeah. will be certainly an event to uh, show up at. Also, Caulfield Shul have asked me to give a shout-out for the pre-Rosh Hashanah Market and Family Fun Day yes. yearly event. This is huge every year, Gary. Just for you, I think there's this bargains, Matthias, gifts, homewares, clothing, fresh food, arts and crafts, jewellery, ceramics, children's entertainment, and much, much more. Gold coin entry, and it starts at 12.30 p.m., goes through till 5 p.m. That's Sunday week, the 3rd of September. Get along there and support this uh, annual Where event at the Caulfield Shul. Oh. Yeah. And uh, connecting our community they're talking about. So they're putting a lot putting on a lot of events. Yeah, and you'll keep get that a, in mind. You'll get them at see you there. Sunday the 3rd of September from 12:30 p.m. onwards. Now the next event is a JNF event. And they're going to be presenting Noah Tishby, and she's uh, an Israeli uh, actress. She's a author. She's a uh, she's a really uh, outstanding uh, human being. Also, a one night only with Noah Tishby. You can have a night with Noah Tishby, Gary. Um, and this is on Wednesday, the sixth of September, at seven thirty p.m. It'll be at Alora in St Kilda again I've mentioned this uh, quite often you can book with jnf.org.au and uh, that'll be another one night only uh, not to be missed I've got uh, one Moshe before yep. we pass it back over to you yep. uh, this coming or next Thursday the 31st of August at 3pm our uh, colleague Sam Green is having an afternoon of uh, a bit of everything, music, uh, selling a bit of his artwork, selling T-shirts, CDs and books. The Gunsmer Spiel, Gary, the Gunsmer McGillery has got there and that's happening Thursday, 31st of August, 3pm, 200 Alma Road in St Kilda East. That's the community centre there between Orong Road and Hotham Street. Get along and support our good colleague Sam Green who has a weekly show on J-Air every Sunday evening at 9pm, Sam Green and the Time Machine. Have you ever been to a Yiddish opera? Not recently. Well, you've got a chance. You can go next Monday, August the 28th. There's uh, Kadima and the ACJC are going to co-present Yiddish opera in the 21st century, a selection of works by Alex Weiser. Weiser will introduce a concept of two of his most well-known song cycles performed in both Yiddish and English. It's going to be at the Classic Cinema in Gordon Street, Elstonwick at 7.30pm this coming Monday evening. Tickets can be purchased from kadima.org.au. Have you got another one there? there uh, yeah, we're, we've got one to, for the Kehillat Nitsan, the yep. conservative congregation, and they're having... Um, if you're feeling a bit lonely, they've got activities for the uh, elderly as well. Um, Kehillat Nitsan, Tikkun Olam 
PBI Limited. They've got all these new programs starting and they have lunches and afternoon teas, movies, outings, book club lectures. And the lady to get in contact with is Fran Feldman, 0414-822-584 or go on to the Kahilat Nitsan website or call the Shul office direct 8500-0906. And for for a last announcement... Next Friday, September the 1st, the Dunira Associational event. We know about the Dunira Boys. The Dunira Association is holding its annual event in Hay, New South Wales, from September the 1st to the 3rd, being the 83rd anniversary of the arrival of the Dunira Boys. Inquiries, Boys at gmail.com. Kolaka, that's a great event. Event, 83 years. What a humorous segue to your next segment. Yiddish, gentlemen. You knew you you grew up Jewish when your mother smacked you really hard and continues to make you feel bad for hurting her hand. Okay, Yiddish, Vardavach. A wolf verliert seine Hohe. Aber nicht sein Natur. A wolf doesn't lose its hair, only its nature. Oh, spot on. A wolf loses his hair, but not his nature. A leopard cannot change its spots. That's what the Aussies use. Of Yenem's Tuchus is good Sapachin. Somebody else's behind is good to smack. Oh, Morris, spot on. Someone else's ass is easier to smack. Of Yenem's Tuchus is good. Sapachin, we've got two more before we go into our next segment, Parasha of the Week. Alazibin Glicken. Alazibin Glicken. That's fairly straight. Everybody is happy together. No, Zibin, there's the clue. Alazibin Glicken. Yeah. uh, or uh, every seven. All seven lucky things, yeah. or not what it's cracked up to be. Right. and Glick, and that's uh, is another one we don't hear of now in the Yiddish language. And here's the final one today. Alice in Einem is Nish Dur So everybody uh, together is not uh, Bakane is... Um Help me out, man. All, all in one person in brackets is to be found in no one. You can't find everything oh, in right. one. Yeah. Sorry, Alice is in Einem is Nish Dor Bibakane. That's Yiddish, Yavor Faravok, Gary. And now we're going to uh, talk a bit of Torah, yeah, Aussie parsh, style, Parsha of the, of the Week. week. As Gary Mendel. mentioned, uh, the Parsha is. Ki say say go. How about the candle lighting times again? I missed them at the start. Oh, you missed yeah. them at the I start. I missed them. Yeah, yeah. so I've got to write. Candle uh, lighting is either five thirty-four or five thirty-five, and Shabbos ends at six thirty-three. Fantastic. The parsha very quickly, yeah, and it talks about seventy-four mitzvahs in this parsha, Moshe. There's a lot and of them. Most of the seventy-four mitzvahs of our parsha addresses the interplay. Between the individual and society, marriage is widely discussed because it because it, it is both a private and a community matter. And uh, the opening words of the Sedra are Kiseitse Lemilchama al Aviecha. 
when you go out to do war is or is probably the translation with, with the it, when you go forth to war against literally above your enemies that's how the parsha opens and you and at first glance the uh, the seder appears to be a collection of um, unrelated laws the consequences of war the tragedy of an unhappy home the problems of children who rebel against authority, uh, also the building of a parapet around a flat roof, the prohibition of sowing mixed seeds in a vineyard, and the yoking together of an ox and an ass. Moisha, and just a few little points before you make a commentary. The Cedra talks about the laws concerning a captive gentle, Gentile woman, woman whom a Jewish soldier desires to marry goes into these very uh, complex topics. The father may not deprive his firstborn son of a double portion due to him. As I mentioned, it talks about the rebellious son, Ben Ben Taravetuvimurah, to whom the parents deliver for judgment to a based in. Let's have a look at some other topics. To bury a dead on the day of his execution. Now, this is an important one, Moshe. Hashava Savaida, the misfit to return lost property to the owner, uh, to help a fellow Jew load and unload a burden. And I'll finish with two more. A man may not wear clothes designed for women and vice versa. And this is a very important topic as well. Shiluach Hakan, to send away the mother bird before taking the fledglings. Moshe. So the message very quickly. So we start, uh, I said uh, last week, I think it was, that every Pasha has bookends. We start with a concept, we finish with a concept. And the concept is that when you go out to war, you uh, must have certain dignity and respect in the way that you conduct the war. But we finish off with a very, very, very important scenario, and that is that we have to remember Amalek, Hetzecher Amalek. Amalek was a nation, but is the archetypical enemy of Israel. And we must always remember what Amalek did to us when we were leaving Egypt and in every generation. There's always an Amalek that is out to destroy us. We must remember, and by remembering, we as a people will endure. Am Yisrael Chai. This has been 10K Radius, brought to you by MGM Productions every Friday at 10. Thank you for listening.
Jair, 88, FM.